Okay, I'm here with Sandy Carmen and Pat Gifford. And uh, Aunt Pat had a story she wanted to tell. And uh, Pat, Aunt Pat, first of all, what is your relation to Jesse and Chester Gifford? Could you tell us? They were my in-laws. Okay. And uh, Sandy's your daughter. Yes. And, uh, well, what story did you want to tell Aunt Pat? The first time that we brought Cullen to Granny's and Grandpa's after he was born, we drove up and we didn't um, see anybody. Everybody was in the house and it was at night. And Bill decided that it was would be funny to go set Cullen on the dining table. <laughs> and he was just, he was sitting up good, so he must have been six or seven months old. And um, let them discover the baby on the table. <laughs> and it was funny, we hid in the shadows in on the back porch and um granny came back and they started trying to guess whose baby that was <laughs> and finally i don't know if they guessed or if if bill came out then but uh <laughs> anyway it was kind of funny that we did that and what did Granny do? <laughs> what did Grandpa well, do? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Jason has a story about Uncle Bill, uh, about him driving extraordinarily fast down a dirt road and singing, Are You Ready? Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a song for the uninitiated that goes, Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Yeah. And he would sing it going to church, doing 90 miles an hour down a dirt road, everybody in the car braced against the doors. And <laughs> just, just or no, maybe it was, the, it was a church bus, wasn't it? That he would do that. It was the church bus. Yeah. Yeah. I just, do, do you, were you even... In the picture at that point in time? No. <laughs> no, we met at college at Washtenaw. Oh, oh, really? You both went to Washtenaw Baptist? Uh-huh. I've, I've always wondered how it came to be that two of my uncles married... <laughs> sisters. Sisters. <laughs> so I guess y'all were both going to Washtenaw. You and Sandra, no? Uh-uh. No, um... She just met Thurman, I guess, at the wedding, at our wedding, mm-hmm. and um, they didn't get together for some time after that. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, that's always been a little bit of an oddity to me in our family <laughs> that we had two uncles married to two sisters. And I, Go ahead. They got married through letters, though. Or, well, their relationship was all letters. Yeah. Really? Why was that? I was in Memphis working. Oh. I didn't go back the second year to college. 
And so I went to work in Memphis, and Bill was at school at Washtenaw, and we wrote every day. I've got my letters, but, you know, they don't <laughs> say anything. A lot of times, I mean... If anyone read them these days, they would think, gosh, that's nothing. <laughs> but we arranged everything, the wedding and everything, through and, letters. And when did y'all get married? We got married in uh, September the 1st, 1962. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, do you have anything else you want to share? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sandy, you have anything you want to share? I don't know. Just maybe some of the things that you remember uh, when we were kids. Well, you were born. Yeah, that was that was much. <laughs> you were a twilight child. Yeah. But just coming, Dad made sure we came mm -hmm. every year, and two weeks out of the year we spent. One week here in Brush Creek and one week in Harrisburg with my and grandma. Oh, okay. And um, these were my best friends. My cousins, Sharon mm -hmm. and Missy and uh, my uncles, my Uncle Thomas Lee, mm -hmm. who was my nemesis. Why, why, was, <laughs> Uncle Thomas why was my dad your nemesis? was not nearly as mellow as he is now. No, I remember when no, he was not yet mellow. Uh, yeah. Uncle Thomas Lee was, um, we played kind of a game, you know, when you come in. And his favorite thing was to say, well, you're looking more and more like your mama every year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he, and I, I would tell him, I would say, well, I, that's a compliment. But he uh, he was my rough, tough uncle. Mm -hmm. And then I had my sweet uncle, would be Uncle Jim. Yeah. Because Uncle Jim was sweet. My quiet uncle would have been Uncle Ted. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I really didn't get to really know Uncle Ted until my nephew died. And he came and stayed at our house for uh, my, my nephew's funeral. And then I got to really know who my Uncle Ted was. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary human being. Yeah. And um, then I've got my highly intellectual thinker uncle, who is Uncle Thurman. Mm -hmm. And um, all very unique in their own way. And then I had my aunts. You know, I had Aunt Carol, who was the baby. Yeah. <laughs> and very uh, attached to Granny. Her mama, and I had Aunt Laureen. Sometimes I thought she was the rebel, but I'm not. I don't think so. I don't know. And <laughs> well, Aunt Anita always, seemed to be the responsible. Laureen always did what she wanted. <laughs> well, and I think that's kind of where you get the rebel thing. But um, I don't know that I'm missing anybody. I don't think so. Was no. he one of the guys? But um, it was an important part of our lives. Mm -hmm. We lived in Florida, the only ones that lived away. Mm -hmm. And um, well, was Thurman not gone? Well, at that point? they they weren't as far. At first, they were in uh, Etowah, in Alabama. Uh, yeah, Alabama. In, in Alabama, and um, so they were able to come more. Not that it's any easier, but yeah. Um, 
Well, y'all were so that would be the only sure. two families that would have been away. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that the cousins really knew how important it was for us to be here. Yeah. And to spend time with them. And now I am trying to get my kids here as much as I can. Yeah. And uh, little Aiden, to he thrives on this cousin thing. Yeah. Loves it. And uh, he doesn't have anybody where we live. So I think it's important to get him up and around. And uh, I'm trying to pass down the legacy that that Grandpa Chester passed to us as a family. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we called him Grandpa Gifford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he used to have the best talks with him. I was little, and he would go and lay on that couch on the back porch. Mm-hmm. Hands behind his head. Now he laid uh, both hands behind. Daddy laid like that too. Mm-hmm. And he'd have, um, sometimes he'd have the Bible laying across <laughs> his chest because he had been reading. And I would go and sit on the very edge and he'd say, he'd say, what you need, sis? And I'd just give him a hug and uh, he would talk about the Lord. Yeah. He would he always integrated anything and everything he talked about and brought Jesus into it. But he didn't have to speak all the scripture and stories. He didn't have to know where everything was. He just told me, you know, mm-hmm. what the basic truths are. Yeah. And um But he didn't know all the scriptures. He so did. Right? Of course he did. No, no, no. No, not to be mistaken. Yes, grandpa did. Dad told me but, he used to work, uh, you know, 12 to 16 hour days, come home, file down his chainsaw, and then read the Bible for an hour before yes. bed and get up at 4 a.m. and do it all over. Yes, <laughs> and I believe my dad, um, Bill, my dad uh, would read the Bible, and I I believe he strived to be a lot like his father. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just I don't know if the family knows how much we love them, mm-hmm. and because we live so far away, <laughs> well, and we do. it's hard. You know, it's it's hard to stay connected. And now that we have Facebook, we can watch the babies grow. You know, yeah. and and um, watch Allie. We've watched Allie. I've mm-hmm. watched Allie from the time she was born. Yeah. You know, and so I feel like you know, oh, well, that's my little baby cousin. You yeah. know, and. <laughs> Look at her hair, you know, or Natalie's baby Emma watching her grow, and it's mm-hmm. makes us feel more more connected, you yeah. know. And I can tell Mama things that are going on, you know, on Facebook. But um, is it this family is important to us? Yeah. And Grandpa Chester and Granny passed that down to us, and it's a legacy that I think that we should all take and and use i think it's important there aren't very many strong families like this mm-hmm. well i you know it was wonderful when i was growing up every sunday we would go out to granny's and mm-hmm. not i mean not every you would get a different smattering of people but um every sunday there was always yeah. five ten people out there at least and you know it would range from just bob and onita and uh, maybe david and right. karen you know, sometimes Donna and Ronnie would come in, and then uh, sometimes for seemingly no reason at all, you'd have 20, 25 people there. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that we was wonderful. We all knew where to gather. Yeah. We all knew where to gather. And I didn't have much experience with Grandpa Gifford. I was about two when he died, but I do have yep. one memory of him. And, you know, I wonder sometimes if it's a memory or just something I saw in a picture, but I remember him having me on his knees and looking at me. And I don't remember anything he said. I just remember seeing his face and being sat on his knees. And, uh, yeah, that's that was a good memory. It was probably my first memory or one of my first memories. But, uh, you know, in the descriptions I hear from people, I, I constantly see that in my father now that he's getting older and that he's wised up um and there's a a great picture of his profile picture that i put on facebook which is just him leaned over the table looks like he's thinking about stuff and that picture for some reason reminds me of grandpa gifford grandpa gifford would hold his head how did he do that in his hands he would Mm -hmm. at the table Mm-hmm. And that's how he, he would do this for long periods of time. Yeah. And see, I knew him because we grew up going, you know, before he had his first stroke. You know, we, mm-hmm. we ran around with Grandpa. Yeah. And um, he had one of the kindest faces and that anybody could ever imagine. He had to soft-spoken you know, his voice was really surprising to me when I listened to those recordings. Uh, well, it was it was soft spoken, but it was also I just didn't imagine how strong a southern accent yes. he has, oh, and he does. how it was uh, it was very it was just a very different inflection than I imagined. And uh, listening to him, and I, you know, I, I mislabeled those preaching those uh, recordings we have of him that I put up there. I called them. The preaching of Brother Chet, but really he's reciting poetry most of the time. Right. And some, sometimes it's a mixture of the two. He's, right. he's got poetry that could serve as a sermon. <laughs> he certainly does. And Daddy took up, I think most of the brothers have started writing poetry. Uh, Uncle Jim had a beautiful one that he posted not too long ago. Yeah. That I just was, it was about his dad. And um, I know Daddy wrote. I didn't see that. I have to get it out, and read it to you. Yeah. Well, Tell them about the brothers. You you have a better story about the brothers. The brothers? No. When no. they were younger and the things they did. <laughs> you do. You do. Uh. <laughs> Mama's not into giving out too many secrets. <laughs> Daddy was a, a hopeless romantic, actually. You would never know. Yeah. But he I loved, could guess all the Gifford men tend to be. Loved my mama. Yeah. And he wrote a poem called Brown Eyes. Yeah. And um, it's, it is very special. And... Um, you know, Daddy. Daddy was a good man, mm-hmm. and um, I think of him the way I think of Grandpa mm-hmm. Gifford because they they took on a lot of Daddy took on a lot of Grandpa Chester's mannerisms and similarities. He laid the same on the couch, but his hands upon his oh, head, yeah. and you know his face was kind of shaped that way. Uh, 
He didn't have the same hair, but... Well, he resembled Grandpa Gifford yeah, more than did. any of the brothers. He did. And I think if Dad would shave his face, he would look he almost would identical. Yeah, he would shave. <laughs> because he had the, the tan working for him that Grandpa yeah, had for uh-huh. logging. <laughs> he definitely does. And, you know, I just think if I was to say anything to the family, it would be just keep it alive. Yeah. Stay together keep that legacy that they, Grandpa and Grandma gave us. Yeah. And their legacy was to pass down the message of Jesus Christ to the family and then outreach. Yeah. And to to always make sure that we love each other, no matter whether we argue on Facebook about Something, <laughs> something very insignificant for the day, <laughs> or well, I, there's a uh, family policy I adopted from my mom, and I don't know if it's very helpful uh, in the long term or not. But uh, me and mom would fight when we were when I was a kid. I was a terrible child. I was spoiled. I was the last one of eight. <laughs> I remember you. They let me get away you with murder. You were adorable, though. I, I watched myself in videos. You were so cute. Uh, from like 2002, like mm-hmm. right before Granny passed away. And I was a teenager. I was a late uh, teenager. I was like 17. I didn't see you much when I you were was a jerk. I was such a jerk. <laughs> and I don't understand how they let me get away with things, but I treated mom like an equal, and we would get into fights. And I would be so mad at her, and she would be so mad at me, and then we would go in our rooms and watch TV and come back out and act like it didn't happen. Right. Which probably isn't very healthy. but. <laughs> well, but it, I remember you as a baby. It definitely helped things progress along. <laughs> yeah. I think the birth of Chester was, that was a big thing in the family. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was... I don't know why. Don't because know. <laughs> you were a twilight baby. You were a, a latent life for them. Well, I, yeah. I, I am the youngest and, uh, grandson of Jesse and Chester. And Yeah, so. and so you were the baby, and you were cute as a button. Just as adorable <laughs> as you could be with your little overalls. And and, <laughs> and a rat tail for and, a while. <laughs> uh, well, and Uncle Thomas Lee was so proud of you. And he was, he was proud of all of his children, but... You know, you were the baby, but mm-hmm. he did try to have you be tough. You know, he wanted you to be strong and, you know, do all the things, you know, he could do. So He, he did for a while. He uh, <laughs> That was something he stopped fostering when he realized he didn't really want me to end up a logger. Oh, and yeah. he started fostering more um, intellectual stuff mm-hmm. and would purposefully, in fact, I think it's the reason I like to argue so much, um, because he would purposefully play devil's advocate on anything just so that I would argue with him. Which I think, <laughs> you know, funny. gave me an affinity for that. And, uh, you know, I've always been able to do it without getting any feelings hurt. Well, I um, do remember, and you were you were the baby, and everyone couldn't wait for Chester to get there. Yeah, well... When you were little and play with you and, you know, you were around. I was a purposeful baby. Um, because he, uh, he, did, what was his first wife's name? Evelyn. He Evelyn. divorced Evelyn, and or she divorced him one. I don't really remember the details of that. And he had his four kids. Right. He had Tom, Jessica, Missy, and Mac. 
and then mom uh, Ma- Harvey died right and mom had Jason Jessica or Jason Candy and Kim right and they came together as a family under one roof and they absolutely hated each other because mom's kids were these you know hoity-toity city kids and yeah, I uh, remember I do remember that and you know it's just the Finleys I mean the, the Finleys were always very highfalutin high society they were they tried to tried to elevate themselves and so that they, they had these strange ideas that these country kids <laughs> did not understand and found out very quickly that they could play with and oh. use it to annoy them so i mean they did not get along kim has a story that mac refutes about how um, mac she came home from school one day and mac was uh, had her cat tied to a fishing pole by the tail and was <laughs> reeling it down to the dogs and then reeling it back in really quickly he would and he would push that button and drop the cat and reel it back and Max said I never did that you're making stuff up he never has admitted to it but it seems like something Mac would do seems deal. like something that any Gifford might try we're, we're not fans of cats but uh and that'll probably get us some heat on the internet if anybody else ever listens to this but uh you know like I said no verification <laughs> and uh yeah, they did not get along, and mom and dad decided to have another kid, uh, despite it being you know twilight years, so that everybody would shut up, and <laughs> and that is precisely why they had me, so that everybody would shut up, and it worked. And it worked. Yeah, I, well, I pulled them all together, and now I argue with them on the internet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I I do remember, but uh, you know, I think that's all I would would want the family to know is that we love everybody even though we're far away yeah well we know that and, i don't i don't think we're going to be falling apart anytime oh, soon. oh no i don't think so either i mean it certainly felt like it when granny gifford passed well away. i think we went through a time where we had to be well we just didn't know what to do we always mm-hmm. went to granny gifford's and it's a, there was nobody who had a house big enough to foundation fit us all so right but, uh, you know, now we meet in the church, and that's not ideal. I mean, it's not the best. It's not a house. It doesn't feel like, you know, home. But, it's, but we're together. We're together, yeah. And the kids are happy. Yeah, and it's big enough, and kids can play and be relatively yeah. safe. So. <laughs> but it's important to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I think kind of the same thing happened to us when, when Daddy passed. It's like a... It's like the rock was pulled right out from under the whole family. Yeah. And we couldn't get back together. I just think of it as uh, uh, a knot that held everything together getting cut off. And it's a season, and and we're just now starting to get through that season. Yeah. Uh, Trying to get back to my sisters and seeing them. Part of my growth is to drive up here. I mean... In spring, that was the first time I've driven here. <laughs> and I drove us all here. Yeah. But now I know I can do it. Yeah. So I did it again, made sure we got to the reunion. Yeah. And uh, now that I know I can do that, then I can keep us connected that way. Yeah. And get Aiden up here. And I'd like to get Nathaniel up more, but right now it's important for him to spend time with his dad. And they are, they'll be together all week. Yeah. And Michael's off, so. And he needs a job up here, so. <laughs> Anybody who's got any computer jobs, he needs a job. 
Okay. I'll keep an eye He's out. He's really good at what he does. Um, well, thank y'all, Aunt Pat and Sandy. Um, I really you. appreciate y'all talking to me. <laughs> Mama doesn't like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'll tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs>